The start of the playoffs couldn't have gone much worse for the Toronto Raptors, as not only did we get blown out in Game 1 against Philadelphia, we are now dealing with a multitude of injuries going forward in this series. So, in this video, I'm going to break down all of the news and updates we've received over the past day and a half in terms of who's playing and who's not, and break down how it's going to impact the rest of this series. So, without further ado, let's dive straight into it. Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to all of the latest news, all of the latest updates surrounding this Toronto Raptors team. That's right, we have a Toronto Raptors news update for you guys because it's been brutal out here. It's been brutal over the past day and a half if you're a Raptors fan because not only... Not only did we see that gruesome injury with Scotty Barnes, right, we're praying to the basketball gods that was something minor, but we have more and more guys out with the injury report. So this is the, the most recent update we've received from Josh Lundberg saying that Nick Nurse believes that Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., and Thaddeus Young will all be considered doubtful for tomorrow's game, too. It doesn't look good for any of them. Now, obviously, the Barnes injury, as I've mentioned, seeing a 300-pound man come straight down, dirty or not, Right, him stepping on Scotty Barnes' foot was just brutal for for any fan to see that happen. The the ankle turned over. It looked bad there for Scotty Barnes. But Thaddeus Young, we weren't really sure. He went. He was sidelined six minutes into his at or six minutes into his game. Right, he played six minutes in the in the performances halfway through the second quarter. Went down with that thumb injury. Was out for the rest of the game. We weren't sure how serious that one was. But our star boy. Our star boy, Gary Trent Jr., right? Our bucket getter, our certified bucket getter. Rikers calling him the Raptors' groat. This is the one that, that caught us off guard, that took us by storm. Heading into uh, heading into game two now that's happening uh, tomorrow night. But apparently Gary Trent Jr. is going to be considered out or likely considered doubtful due to a non-COVID illness. And it's something that he's been dealing with over the past week or so. So that is probably reasoning why Gary Trent Jr. didn't look like himself in Game 1 against the Philadelphia 76ers. And, you know, we didn't know about this. I don't think anyone really knew about this, uh, this illness that he was dealing with. But he looked a step slow, and we've seen Gary have up and down nights on the offensive end, and that's just how it goes with Gary Trent Jr. with a young scorer in the NBA, a wing scorer that relies on the outside shooting, the floater game, and all that. We... You know, that's how it goes with Gary. We've seen it all season. He's hot and cold at times, even though he's the, the rap, future Raptors growth, the star boy, all that sort of stuff. But one area on the court you always see Gary give it to us is the defensive end. And last night, he, he was getting cooked by Maxi, by Harden, all these guys getting blown by. So it makes sense why that was the case now. He's dealing with this illness and I don't know if this means, because he toughed it out, gotta give credit to Gary Trent Jr., he's a tough guy, he's a tough cat for fighting through that illness, that uh, whatever he's dealing with, right, and he's dealt with some injury stuff, he's a, he's a tough player on this Toronto Raptors team, but maybe the Toronto Raptors are saying, they saw Maxi put up almost a 40-piece in that game one, just rest Gary Trent Jr., hopefully he comes back strong so he can bring on the defensive end and bring the shot creation and all that sort of stuff, or maybe the illness is getting worse. We don't really have that bits of info, but he is looking doubtful for this uh, this game, game two, which is really unfortunate for this Toronto Raptors team, because as mentioned, Scotty Barnes is a, you know, with the exception of Fred Van Vliet, he's sort of the other lead ball handler with addition to, to Gary Trent Jr., and Scotty Barnes is likely going to be out for game two, or is going to be out for game two. I'm going to break down those tweets as well, but... 
we're going to have to rely upon someone on the bench. And I'm going to deal, talk about the, the adjustments that are going to be made by Nick Nurse or speculate on them, you know, going into game two. But it's unfortunate to have Gary Trent Jr. out likely for this, this game. And maybe the Raptors are just going to say tough through it or, or push through. But that's, that's going to be a day-by-day thing. But regardless, Gary Trent Jr. not being 100% is going to suck for this Toronto Raptors squad. But the one thing that really had people going, right? Because we saw the injury. We saw how brutal it was. A 300-pound guy stepping on Scotty Barnes's foot, right? We saw how gru- grueling that was. And I saw a lot of people speculate on in terms of how this might impact his offseason. You know, obviously for young guys, these offseasons for development are absolutely huge, right? People were speculating on maybe he'll miss games in the 2022-2023 season. I guess that's not off the table now, but we did get some good news in return in terms of what Scotty Barnes's injury updates have are concerning, right? This is coming from uh, Jordan Schultz, but uh, x-rays were negative on Barnes's left ankle, which he injured in game one. The best case scenario, he's told, is that Nick Nurse and the Toronto Rapt, um, it, that the he'll return. I can't even speak right now, but they're hopeful he'll be real, able to return for the rest of the series. And I glossed over the fact that he's going to be officially ruled out for game two, which I think a lot of people expected because that injury was just too brutal, too gross. We knew it was an ankle sprain last night. And that's how ankle sprains go. Now, as mentioned, we don't really know what... We're happy it's not a break, because if you break that ankle, you're guaranteed out. Even though sprains can sometimes be worse than breaks, especially you get limit, lig- ligament damage happening down there, right? It's not. We're not in the clear with Scotty Burns just yet, but there is hope. And as mentioned, the, the hope is there for him to return later in the series. I think Game 2 and Game 3 can certainly rule him out for. Then we get a few days break, because Game uh, 2 has happened on Monday. Game 3 has happened on Wednesday, so a day break in between. But then we get Thursday and Friday, and then Game 4 will happen on Saturday. So we do have a sort of a week there for Scotty Barnes, and we got, uh, we got a, a little deep dive, a little bit of an analysis in terms of how ankle sprains that are ruled ambiguous because they didn't say what grade of sprain it was, right? If it was level two, level three, level one, but these just ambiguous ankle sprains that are thrown out there by reports, we see how they usually play out through the data. And this come from Jeff Stott saying that he looked at 200 nondescript ankle sprains. That's how he worded it in the NBA this year. And the average time loss was six days with a median of four. So expect Barnes' uh, date to remain fluid over the next few days. And that's what we're expecting. So you know, if your median is four days, right, the most likely or the, the most common outcome for an ankle sprain is four days, that's encouraging. That's encouraging for this team. Obviously, you're missing game two and game three, which sucks for this Raptors team. But to have him back, you know, if we can pull one out without Scotty Burns and then have him back for the rest of the series, I'm confident. I'm going to speak on my confidence later in this podcast. But, you know, that extra day break is going to be huge for this Toronto Raptors team, just getting all of our guys back healthy, potentially. So, that's what's happened. Obviously, the average is six days, and that's, you know, your median's four, the average is six. That sort of indicates that if you're going to be out longer than four days, it's probably a lot longer than uh, than four days, given the, the fact that the average is pushed that much far off the median. And I've seen other reports. I've talked to, to MDs and stuff out there, and they're saying... They like it, it, you don't know, and you don't know when it's nondescript, when it's not, uh, 
when it's not told as the as that's worded in the tweet, right? If it's a serious ankle sprain, we might not see Scotty Burns for the rest of the season, but at least it's encouraging for his off season, which, you know, silver lining, the light at the end of the tunnel, he'll be able to develop himself and do all that stuff over the off season. So we'll keep you updated on the Scotty Barnes injury going forward. And that's sort of the updates we received. And Thaddeus Young, the thumb injury, there wasn't much said about whether or not Thaddeus Young will be playing. All these guys are doubtful for game two. And thumb injuries we saw with guys like Jared Allen, hand injuries, all that sort of stuff that's happened. They take a while to recover from. Maybe there's a, it was a break where, he can wear a weird cast thing. It was on his shooting hand as well where, you know, you don't have to worry about it too much. It might be awkward for him playing there. Obviously, basketball's played with your hands, but he might be able to get back there out there on the court. But I think we might have to rule out Thaddeus Young. Chadius Young, right, the, the Giga Chad for the rest of the series because... That, that thumb injury looked bad himself. It looked like he tried to pop it back into place. And it that's extremely unfortunate because Riker and I were talking about the different lineups we could throw at uh, the, the Sixers. It'd be huge value. And, you know, we can make adjustments with Kem Birch, Thaddeus Young, Chris Boucher, Precious Achua, all those guys being able to throw at uh, Joel Embiid. But now, right, Thaddeus Young going down, right, we're going to need more guys playing uh, situational stuff Chris Boucher was dealing with a lot of foul trouble there in game one we know the refs aren't going to be on our side going forward in the series it's tough it's a tough situation there for Thaddeus Young going out with this injury as well so lots of just bad news I think I've said it's tough a lot of times in this podcast but what does this mean for this team going forward in this playoff series against the Philadelphia 76ers and I might sound crazy I know when the Raptors are losing, when we're down, right, all the hyped-up Raptors fans, the the people that love celebrating this team with me have been in the podcast lately. We got a few of our, our usual, you know, not downers, but people that like to be critical, critical of the team during the ups and downs in the podcast recently. But I'm confident, man, even with the injuries, even without Gary, even without Scotty, even without Thaddeus Young. And do you know why? Because these are the types of games that the Raptors win. Game one, especially when we have an upper seed, even the amount of trash that was being talked about the Sixers, I feel like we were getting gassed up a little bit too much. The Raptors just play so much better when they're facing adversity. Now, this might be a lot to overcome. The Sixers team has a lot of talent on it. They have a lot of skill, and we you know, are a team that's that's thin, notoriously thin this entire season. Nick Nurse ran like a seven-man rotation for half the year, right? It's a lot to overcome, but we still have championship-tested Fred VanVleet Finals MVP for Beverly, Pascal Siakam, that even in Game 1, and OG Ananobi, Game 1, all looked elite out there on the offensive end. We still have those three guys on the roster. We still have the best coach in the NBA, be able to make adjustments, make schematic changes to this this squad, and hopefully have someone to, to guard Tyrese Maxey and all that. And we do still have a, a deep bench of, even if on the offensive end they aren't that consistent, aren't that strong, of wiry athletic defenders that can make things tough on Philadelphia. We still have all of that going for us for this Toronto Raptors team. And I don't want to I don't want to disparage the Philadelphia 76ers. And as you know, much as I can trash on the refs because there were some phantom foul calls happening in game one, as much as I can trash on Embiid, I, I'm trashing on Embiid for slapping the slapping the Raptors in the face. Ken Birch, Scotty Burns specifically, right throughout that game. The step, I don't think it was dirty, but Paired alongside that, the aggressive nature, all that sort of stuff. You can speculate on whatever that is, but you can trash on all that as much as you want, but their team played very well. Doc Rivers came out with very strong rotations, great schemes. They kept us off the offensive glass. They had like one turnover or something for most of this game. They played really well, but 
the Toronto Raptors, they're going to make changes. They're going to make schematic changes. And maybe the Sixers, they're a team that we saw when they made the James Harden trade. They looked gassed up. They were ready to rock. They were balling out. And then they rode that high. And then obviously they fell off pretty quickly to end off the season. So maybe we'll see something similar happen with Philadelphia. They fall off a little bit. And the Raptors, they put their gas pedal on right there. The underdogs, they love being underestimated. And we make our push back. So... I'm feeling confident even with all the injuries. Call me delusional. Call me whatever. But there's nothing in that Sixers game, game one, that makes me feel like, okay, there's a sustainable issue with uh, the Toronto Raptors team versus Philadelphia that can't be fixed, that can't be changed in this series, even without some of our core guys. Nothing saw that. We were able to score on them pretty consistently, pretty easily, right? We put up a lot of points in that game, 100 plus. I forget what the specific number was, but it was defensively where we couldn't get it rocking. We did leave a lot of open shooters, so schemes will have to change, but I'm not counting on Tyrese Maxey going for 40 once again. I'm not counting on Tobias Harris having another good playoff game, frankly. Not Not to trash on the guy. He played really well. He's been better this season, so we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening going forward, so... Maybe I'm a homer, maybe I'm biased, but even if we lose game two, I'm confident in this Raptors team going forward. We're going to the chip, baby, but you guys are the best for making this far. Let me know in the comment section what you guys think. Check out the Instagram, the TikTok, the Twitter, all that cool stuff. Anyways, enough of me rambling. I'm signing off. Cheers.